Lester Spite. He's a film and television actor and comedian. You've seen him on My Wife and Kids and one of my favorite movies, Norbit. <laughs> and he's also a popular voice in the Xbox 360 video game Gears of War 1, 2, and 3. Just staying relevant and keeping his brand alive. Lester, how are you? Good afternoon or good morning or <laughs> Put something to you. How y'all doing? I'm fine. It's it's the afternoon here um, in New York City. Are you on the East Coast or are you on the West Coast right now? I'm, I'm on the East Coast technically, but I'm Upper East. I'm actually in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Oh, okay. So has the storm reached your area or is it on its way? Because we have a Nor'easter going here in, in New York City. Well, I don't know if the storm has reached. Well, it hasn't reached yet. Okay. Um, it's just been drizzling. Oh. But I'm only here for uh, a few more days. We should be wrapped up by next Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, cool, so cool. Hopefully, I, I can avoid it. Uh, yeah, I think you shouldn't want to avoid it because, like I said, it is hella windy here in New York City. I was trying to walk here to the studio and I, it turned into a light jog, but it's okay. I'm here. But I just want to jump right into it because I really appreciate you carving out some time and space to bless Sonia on air. Now, let's go back to when myself and millions of viewers were introduced to you, your role on My Wife and Kids and the early Two thousands. Now, when my wife and kids is on television, and I'm glad to see that it's in syndication. I watch it in the morning when I'm getting dressed. Um, it really added to the Cosby Show narrative that provided black men as the forefront of the household. Now, where we are today, do you think that television and film has created enough roles for the black family? Um. Mm. Let me see what's out there now. Right. <laughs> I think what's out there now kind of reflects what's going on now. Mm-hmm. But in terms of um, keeping that old traditional format where the father's head of the household, yeah. uh, I think that our society is, is desperately starving for that. Yeah. Um, so even though there's a lot of single families, um, but we did have shows like... Uh, Girlfriends and other yeah. shows. Uh, what's the show that Queen of Teeth and them did? Living single. single, living single, something like that. Mm-hmm. So you, you you know you get both spectrum, but we most definitely want to keep the father as head of the household, so that because that's that's the patriarch of a society, mm-hmm. and we don't have that, then we're not matching what other races and other cultures are doing. You don't see a lot of other races and cultures with you know, without the father being head of the household. So we definitely want to keep that format um, so that we keep our structure and keep our culture. Oh, definitely most true. And and I I love that answer. Now, speaking about your role on My Wife and Kids, I do know that you have you have a background as a football player, an All-American player. Did you transition from being a football player directly into an actor? How did that happen? Of course not. (laughs) <laughs> um, my, um, my, my, my mother raises my sister and I up, you know, up, well, first of all, going back to my, to my, uh, my grandfather, uh, was a Baptist preacher from back in the day. Mm-hmm. All of his brothers were Baptist preachers. So he, um, um, raised his daughter up, which is my mother. She taught herself how to play piano, mm-hmm. um, when she was like about eight, nine, ten years old. 
And from that perspective, she always visualized her, her baby singing and her playing. So <laughs> we grew up uh, as the Spate Specials growing up. Really? And uh, my mother would have us playing. So I got introduced to the stage early in life, like about three to four years old, oh. singing hit songs like Jesus Build a Fence All Around Me. Get out. And, <laughs> and, and Jesus loved me. You know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know what type of kid that is. My my uh, grandfather um, was a pastor, and my mom and my dad is, my dad is an ordained minister, and my mom is a deaconess. So what type of child were you growing up in, in a, a religious household? Because I was very rebellious as a child. Rebellious? Um, I just, you know, I, I had it uh, really, I was born with an early bout of, of super ADD and super uh, hyper ADD. Hmm. So I was just a rambunctious, high-energy child Mm -hmm. that just constantly was on the move, climbing trees, running, challenging people in the neighborhood to wrestle and fight, play (laughs) basketball and football and play touch tag. Uh That's the kind of kid I was. I just was always about energy and moving around and playing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that turned into being, or to looking like I was being disobedient. If you, if you know, like if you told me to stay in the yard or, you know, keep still in church and I'm moving around. It wasn't that I was just a bad kid, but it was right. just that I had to, you know, just, just that your DNA, your, your, your makeup of mm-hmm. what, you know, of, of, you know, kind of like some kids are naturally introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, some kids are naturally, you know, just really aggressive, and I was really an aggressive child. So mm-hmm. um, I, I kind of transitioned in that to sports growing up. That kind of got me out of trouble. And I, my aunt begged my mother because I had one. Of, I didn't have a soccer mom. I just I had a very timid mother. Mm-hmm. She always thought, and then she had this rambunctious kid who she she always thought was going to break something from going out doing all these things. But I was the one breaking people up, <laughs> breaking. <laughs> I was, I was that one. So, but um, but no, I grew up basically uh, in a, in, a, in a Baptist household, and um, uh, so you know there was choir rehearsal on Fridays, mm-hmm. and church on Sundays, yes. you in church all day. Yes, you know how that goes. Yeah, and um, and then Bible study on Tuesdays or uh-huh. Wednesdays or whatever. So <laughs> I, you know, I kind of just got tired of church quick, but um, I wouldn't change anything. Um, Me either. You know. Growing up, I wouldn't change anything. Uh, I think that's—I know that's why I'm the man yeah. that I am. I am today, and that's why I, I'm passing my same values over to my my daughter. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, um, it wasn't sports first. It was it was growing up in a religious household, mm-hmm. and then um, you know, acting in plays and church, and you know, the Christmas plays and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. All that came before organized sports. Oh. So to speak. So, you know, you, you got your touch and, you know, your introductory course of acting in the church. But when did you realize that you wanted to do this for a living? My cousin and I used to, we used to, when um, we were like five or six, seven, eight, we used to do these. My cousin Deborah, uh, she was an actress and she would, uh, her and I would do, like we would see Cindy Portier or, um, uh, we see a scene on TV and we would try to act it out. Hmm. And her and I would just 
she, you know, she, she, she wanted to be an actress, and and I, and and so it just just dawned on me that you know I, I wanted to try to do what Bill Cosby was doing, or mm-hmm. do what Timmy Portier was doing, or do what Jim, actually, really Jim Brown kind of took it over because he was the first football player to go from from um, pro football to acting, and he was actually one of the first black men to kiss a white woman on screen. Oh, on, I didn't on know a that. Small screen. So it was it was those three. Uh, actors that I kind of looked up to mm-hmm. and was inspiring to try to want to be, um, but I, you know, I wanted to. I want. I told myself I wanted to do that. I wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I wanted to. You know, as I got older, I wanted, you know, coming out of high school and going into college and all that. I wanted to play pro sports, mm-hmm. and then after pro sports, then I'm supposed to transition into acting. But I, when I went to Morgan, I went to. I went there. Uh, um, on a telecommunic—I mean, on football scholarship—but my okay. major was uh, theater and telecommunications. So oh wow! I knew I wanted to act, and I knew um, I, you know, wanted to continue to act. But um, I had to get all this sports out the way first. Right. Get all these energy things out the way, like football and the pro wrestling and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And then after that, um, let's say like the, the late '90s, it was, I decided to move on and make that move to to L.A. from from Baltimore in Atlanta. I was living in Atlanta at the time. I was wrestling for WCW. And um, so it was just around that time. I did Meteor Man early on in 1990. Really? Now I got to go back. That's with, um, was it with uh, Robert Townsend? Is that it? Okay, listen to this cast. You got Marla Gibbs, James Uh Earl Jones, Sinbad, Bill Cosby. You got Tiny Lister, Don Cheeto, Eddie Griffin. You have um, a couple of the actors from um, Five Heartbeats. There was Robert's Boys that was in there. Mm-hmm. You had who else was in that cast? That was that was oh Luther Vandross was in the cast. Not Luther. Charlie by Nature was in the cast. Cypress Hill was in Wow, I gotta watch that. I'm gonna watch it tonight because I was saying I'm turning tonight <laughs> into a movie night. So that was your actual first role was in Meteor Man. Well, if you consider ex- being an extra role... Yeah, we uh, consider that. I, I believe that no role is, is too small. You know, you make it what you want. But just to be in the presence of those legends, oh my gosh, that's huge. Yeah, I had a girlfriend at the time. She heard that they were, they, were, they needed extras. Uh-huh. And um, everybody knew kind of like in the late 80s. And, you know, you knew me. You kind of knew what I was into. So she heard and she called me and said, hey, they need some extras down for me to, man. And had I think it was central casting had uh, was was the reference to call and so I called and they told me it was time to be there the next day I was mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. and um, they made me a blood uh, I was a gang member <laughs> wow I, I love it little, I love it and, and I'll tell you why I love it Lester. I'll tell you why I love it, Lester, is because, you know, there are so many people who believe in this whole Insta fame era and not understanding that just to be in the room around excellence and all of these legends and for you to say yes to that, it lets people know that you don't have to have a starring role when you first start off in this business. Just to be in the Mm -hmm. presence of greatness and excellence, you've already won. So shout out to you for saying that. But let's just talk about, you know, my my wife and kids, because that is like one of my all time favorite Uh-oh. shows. Okay. How did you what get you cast? Yeah, how did you get casted for that role? T- talk about that. Well, that the, the incredible uh, story behind my wife and kids was Ella Joyce and myself. We, we only went in for uh, a guest star. 
Mm. One-time guest star. That's all it was supposed to be. Just uh-huh. like any other guest star. It's supposed to be just going guest star, boom. But <laughs> you turned it out. The chemistry that Damien and I had, mm-hmm. it was just incredible. It like was. that first episode, Meet the Parents. It was. And they, Damien fell in love with me, um, you know, man crush. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the, um, Kim, Wans, and the rest of the, the Wans, and trust me, it's, it's a herd of Wans, okay? <laughs> like, not a herd. It's so many Wans. Yeah, there are. Really tiptoe around set and be careful who you whispering to. Right. Because they don't all look alike. And you don't right. know who niece or nephew you talking to, you know? Uh-huh. And, uh, and, and so, so it's just the, the first episode was incredible energy, and he just loved, Feeding off the fact that he he walked on eggshells when Calvin came around, mm-hmm. and um, I remember the second episode we did. Tisha and I somehow ended up at the at craft services, and she just was like, "We're just so glad to have y'all come in. We've done so many different episodes, but y'all just bring and you just bring such a different energy. It is so you're so yeah. funny, and yeah. this, that, and Ellen is you know, and and so one guest star." into two years of work wow see just into the room and you never know what could happen so because the energy just really resonated through the television screen was a lot of the interaction and the the words between you and the rest of the cast was that scripted or a lot of the times was it just you know i'm in the moment this is what i want to say well let me just let me just let me just tag tag this on what i just said is that um Damien and I, like, like we just we just had such great chemistry that um, a couple of times we did go off the script. Um, I know, uh, like, well, first of all, I got the most reoccurrence on the show. Mm. I think Ella would be next, but I had the most reoccurrence on the show. And then on top of that, we we um, with the one um, um, I had two episodes that was created for. For um, in my character, excuse me, in my character, my character's name. Mm-hmm. One, the two are Calvin comes to stay, and what's the other one? Calvin comes to stay, and Calvin goes to work, mm-hmm. and um, and that was a big deal because we actually had to read for the. Um, I had to read, and we had to get it cleared by ABC to have those two shows, and and that was an honor to to be a guest star and have a couple of episodes in your character's name. Right. And in terms of improv, yes, that's the chemistry, that's yeah. the magic, yeah. is that um, Damien and I was able to capture, just like, I don't know if you guys remember the scene, I think it's Calvin Comes to Stay, and and I had, I, I, uh, they, they, uh, one of my childhood buddies that I grew up with was one of the writers on the show, mm-hmm. and he, he, he just thought it was funny that Calvin loves squirrels. Oh, yes. So, you know, <laughs> I love squirrels. So, in the scene where he's trying to tell me, hmm, is that right? I, I, I caught the squirrel, like, moments before we got into that dialogue. Mm-hmm. And in my improv, because, you know, I, I train at the Growlings, and, and we do space work and all this kind of thing, and I just kept the squirrel in the scene. Mm-hmm. And I started rubbing the squirrel like it was like the, like the, uh, Marlon Brando and Godfather was rubbing the cat. Right. <laughs> and then I kept the squirrel in the scene, and then I made him rub the squirrel. <laughs> Actually, wow. no, no, he rubbed the squirrel on his own, but I made him kiss the squirrel. 
Wow. Like, no, no, give him, give him a kiss. <laughs> and he treated it like it was a, <laughs> this, is a this is the magic. And, and it just, and then I remember uh, the, the, one of the greatest compliments I ever got was Kim Williams coming to me after we did that scene. Mm-hmm. And she said, that was, that was incredible. Mm. That was incredible. Wow. And, um, yeah, that's that's how that's how sometimes that's how the magic happens. Yeah, and I'm just grateful that that um, it's this syndication because I you know them checks are still good. I was about to ask and, you, you still get those syndication checks? Come on now, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> that's always a good thing. That's a good thing, mother. But it, it really speaks about your energy and your talent because not only are you able to just enter the room, but you're able to work the room and make it work for you. So I just really want to talk about this whole Insta-famous type of dynamic that's going on. How do you feel about those who are able to post these videos, they get millions of followers, and now it turns into them being on television and securing these roles that are often, that were once reserved for veteran actors like yourself. How do you feel about this whole Insta-famous climate? It's it, 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 the famous. It's it, you know you, you used to have that saying fifteen minutes of fame. Yeah, I, I cut it in half. It was like seven minutes and thirty seconds of fame. <laughs> okay, and then sometimes you can cut it from there, like yeah. three minutes and twenty three seconds of fame. I mean, right. it's like it's not long standing. Mm-hmm. It has no it has no no spine to it. Right. It's just it's just very flimsible and 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 it's just it's just. It's like hot potato, mm-hmm. you know, or you throw jello up against the wall and whatever piece of jello stick, you just go with that. Mm. So, and I think, you know, it, it, we, we all have that, that, that sixth sense that we can tell when something is, 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 is going to be, you know, it's the truth. Like, right. you know, people work their craft. Like the first thing you talked about is craft and, 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 and where you start from the beginning and, um, and we live in this instantaneous world where we want results now. So you got to understand that producers want results because advertisers want results. Yeah. So, so you you kind of every we never seem to always. It's almost like with the NFL, with professional sports, we always want to look at what the players make. Mm-hmm. But the, the owners making billions. Yeah. <laughs> so they they don't want to. They get the power from the advertisers, just mm-hmm. like any corporation is. You know, and and so it's all passed down. It's all transcended down. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just it's just it's just spare the moment. Yeah. It's just it ain't. It's not going to. You know, it's like these. Well, some of the reality shows have been around for a while, like these housewives shows. Yeah, yeah. And they just got to keep creating drama. They got to keep creating up in the ante. They got to keep making it over the top. And it's going to have more fights, nails breaking, hair pulling out, and all this kind of stuff. Right. And it's an audience for that. So whatever the audience is, that's where the show's going to be. I so, you, you know, I, 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 yes, do I want uh, sitcoms to, to remain a part of of, it, of television? You don't right, I do. Right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of, you know, the writers writing the script and the actors acting out and the directors directing and people producing and craft yeah. and wardrobe and hair and makeup and set design and gripping and everything. <clears throat> I'm a fan of that, right. you know. So, but also sometimes, I, you know, uh, the Real Housewives of such and such might catch my attention. But I, I know that that's not ACT. I 
O-R. That's not actors. Right, Those right. are just, uh, you know, uh, people who have eccentric personalities, um, and the producers set them up, and then they let them go. They don't have to remember lines, mm-hmm. you know. They just, just they just need to remember the scene at the end. Okay, y'all going to be at a restaurant, and then and going to walk uh, Denise, and then Denise, you're going to see Lisa, and y'all know that Lisa is, you know, date, used to date your husband, and all this stuff, and then they just let them go, and then there you go. I so get you. I, I get you. You just need to know that what you're watching is a car wreck or train wreck about to happen. I hear you. Crash. But anyway, we only have like a few more seconds before we wrap up um, this segment. How am I doing so far? Oh, you're doing amazing. Amazing. I can talk to you all day. I had all these questions planned, but I just love to feel the energy in the room and just let the conversation develop organically. So we talked about, you know, you in, in television and, you know, I was introducing you as also a film actor in Norbit and a few other uh, films. What's currently on the horizon for you? Where can we see you next? Well, you know, I'm in. I'm in. The reason I'm in Michigan is I'm shooting an indie film called The uh, Sullivan. Okay. And it's it's kind of like the. Um, I don't know if you remember that football movie called Rudy. Yes. This trying hard kid who wants who, who who dreams about being the best football yes. player. Yes. Yes. And then I'm playing. Yeah, I play Coach Curtis, and um, it's it's just going terrific. But I also uh, I noticed that you was uh, you you had. You mentioned Gears of War. Yeah. Uh, you missed two because we, we, we're up to number five. Oh, so, see? I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, right, because my bio actually is is, is being worked on right okay. now. We got to update it. Yeah. Uh, I'm already directed three shorts. I got three I got three shorts that I've directed. Um, and, uh, well, we got two. And then we, we, um, I'm getting ready to go in production 2019 on my third short as director. Mm. We got the Luster State Podcast. You gotta let your fans know to come. You know, I'm in the media business too now. Oh come well, you gotta there. have me on your on your podcast as a guest. You How about that? Believe I'm gonna have you on my podcast. All right, I'm gonna hold you to nice. that, Lester. I'm gonna hold you to it. I, I, you better believe me. Just let you know. Just uh, uh, you can get all my contact information when you get off. Okay. When you get off off, off the air. Okay. Um, and then my comedy tour, the Lester Spade and Friends comedy tour. That's gonna be part of the podcast. Kind of getting ready to do like my, my version of the Breakfast Club. Yeah. Um, where, you know, I'm the host, and then I'm going to have all my comments and people in, and we're going to be just ripping it up, having a good time. So that's coming 2019. Then we, I have an episode of Titans coming up. You know, mm. uh, Warner Brothers just launched a new streaming service, and they have a new uh, show called Titans. And I have an episode called Freebirds mm-hmm. that is getting a lot of buzz and starting to get some award attention okay. um, and some um, um, uh, award show. Uh, so we're kind of hoping that maybe... Uh, my character Clay Williams might get uh, get some attention, and, and you just never know um, the, the SAG, SAG Awards, Emmys, yeah. Yeah. Spirit Awards. We're gonna claim uh, it. Come come around. We're gonna claim it. So, well, that's that's, a, that's the second week of November. Well, that's a lot. And I, I, I loved to talk about that. We talk, talked about the evolution of Lester um, because you really just gave us a timeline of your experience and your, your history. Um, definitely iconic and legendary in my eyes and also those who are tuned into today's show. Thank you so much for blessing this oh, space. Oh, let me, and let me, I forgot to mention. I also, Go ahead. I, I, I play LL Cool J's nemesis on Get out. CISLA. Mm. I play Max Champion. Yes. So, so we uh, we got that going. Uh, we recurring on that show. Yay! 
That's amazing. Mm-hmm. The working yeah, actor, yeah, so. the evolution, not just uh, keeping it, uh, you know, as the talent. You're directing, you say you're producing, you're writing, you're doing a podcasting, entering media work. So that is also pouring into my listeners as well, that you don't just have to stay into one lane, you know, mm-hmm. be the totality of and, who and, you and are. And also, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm really strongly thinking about doing a book probably 2020, 2021. Uh-huh. Everybody's <laughs> trying to encourage me to do a book. So, yeah. uh, but I can't wait to have you on my show. Oh, I will. Thank you for, so much for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Good. And I'm going to follow up um, when I get off the air um, this week. I'll be in touch because I'm, I'm going to be a guest on your show. Okay, now? We're going to do it. Okay. Okay. Well, Lester, thank you so much. You have an amazing day, and you stay warm out there wherever you are. And we'll be tuned into every single project. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you so much. God bless. Bye-bye.